ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so. You can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us at sfdiocese and use the hashtag ignition so your tweet gets properly routed to the right twit. Um, again, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and I'm glad to have back to ignition for at least the third time, I think the third time, Father mm-hmm. Tyler Matson. Hi, Father Tyler. Hi, Dr. Chris. How you doing? Doing well. For those listeners who maybe haven't heard you on Ignition previously, could you just introduce yourself a bit? My name is Father Tyler Matson. I'm a priest for the Diocese of Sioux Falls in South Dakota. I currently serve as the Associate of Holy Spirit Parish in Sioux Falls, as well as the Chaplain of O'Gorman Junior High. So you're a busy man. Yeah, just came from the Junior High today and had Mass for them and Always good to see the little ones. That's right. <laughs> oh, don't don't call them little ones, Father. They, I've got junior, I've got junior high twins right now. Oh, they're not very. <laughs> they're very holy, though, aren't they? I mean, oh, junior high kids I, I are very holy. So. I hope so. Um, uh, where you originally from? Where'd you grow up? That sort of thing. Grew up in Sioux Falls. Okay. So from here, and uh, actually went to the same junior high where I'm a chaplain. Wow. So it's the worst two years of my life, but I'm trying to. <laughs> Do reparation now as a chaplain. You you weren't a very holy junior high uh, student? Is that what you're saying to us, Father? Can't remember. I blocked it out of my memory. Wow. So. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Great. Uh, again, my name is Chris Bergwald. Mentioned my role. Um, married, layman. Um, 20 years this summer, Jermaine and I have been married. We have five mm. kids, uh, all born in Sioux Falls. I'm originally from central Minnesota. My wife's from Ohio, but uh, we've been here for over 16 years and live on the east side, just just up the road, if you will, mm-hmm. up Bonson Avenue from your parish, um, Holy Spirit. We are at sure. St. Lambert's on the east sure. side of town. So. Great. Glad to have you back, and I'm really excited. Uh, what I like to do with, with my guests is find out things that they're uh, interested in talking about. And Father Tyler, back before our last recording session, had proposed a third topic for at some point, and, and I was really both excited and intrigued by what he <laughs> wanted to talk about. We didn't get to it last time, but but we're talking about it this recording session, um, and that is the doctrine, the teaching of predestination. Um, Father, I think most people, if they know anything, predestination might not mean, well, some people might not know what it is. Some people might have an idea and feel like it's a bad thing or, and, or maybe a thing that we as Catholics don't believe in. So before we get into why you wanted to talk about it, Mm -hmm. let's just build the foundation. Let's set the stage. What exactly is predestination? What isn't predestination? Yeah. So you you, you you summed it up great because usually when I'm talking to Catholics about predestination when I first bring it up, often the first response I get is, wait a minute, Catholics don't believe that, do they? Right. And I got to say, actually, it's a dogma of the church. Right. What people normally think of when they hear the word predestination is they think of this idea of double predestination. So all that means is they think of somebody like, like Calvinists. John Calvin, one of the reformers who had this idea of double predestination, which is this, God predestines certain people to heaven and God predestines 
certain people to hell. That's why it's called double because it's two predestinations: one to one to heaven, one to hell. Uh, that's what most people think of when they think of predestination, but that's not actually what Catholics believe about predestination. So that's not that's so there, there's a truth of what predestination predestination is, but um, not not to not to pile on John Calvin here, but he he got it at least partly wrong. Then, in other words, that's, correct. It's the double aspect. It's the as right, and just to maybe anticipate, it's the the idea that God predestines some to hell. That mm-hmm. the church has said, no, actually, that's not what Scripture reveals. That's sure. not what God. That's not what Scripture teaches. Not that's not what God has revealed. Right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Exactly. So put very simply. As a Catholic, what do, what do Catholics believe about predestination? We believe, and this is dogma, this is this is found in Scripture, we, we believe this as Catholics, that God does, in fact, predestine some for heaven. Okay, anybody that goes to heaven, goes to heaven because they are predestined for heaven. Now, those who go to hell, go to hell by their own free choice. So God doesn't predestine anybody for hell. Uh, everybody has the grace to go to heaven. Uh, however, Catholics would say God does foresee, if it's foreknowledge, God's all-knowing, God does foresee who will go to hell. But he doesn't predestine anybody to go to hell. He only predestines those who go to heaven. Okay, so um, a couple times, now, both talking about Calvin's view of double predestination and the Catholic view of, I don't know if it's called single predestination, predestination period, whatever. <laughs> yes. um, you've said God predestines for what? So that that to me gets the heart of what mm. we're talking. What, what does it mean to say that God predestines somebody for heaven, or in Calvin's view, for hell? What 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 do, what do you mean right. when you say that? Right. So it comes down to this idea of of what is grace. Now, Catholics, we believe that we can't do anything good, anything that would be deserving of heaven without grace. Right. You know, remember remember Jesus says in John's gospel, without me, you can do nothing. Right. Amen. And he meant that. So you can't do anything without God. So think about something. Just to clarify, so something, something um, as you already said, but to reiterate, something that um, uh, makes us worthy of heaven. Right. Right. I mean, right. We can, we can do stuff. Like, right. Like I'm flapping my arms right now. <laughs> yes. I'm doing something, but what we're saying here is apart from grace, you can do nothing, um, if you will, heaven-worthy, salvation-worthy, right? Exactly. Okay. Anything anything that would be considered good in the sense of, this will get me closer to heaven, heaven. closer okay. to my goal of okay. eternal life. Okay. So, without me, you can do nothing, Jesus tells us. So that means that, you know, when, when I woke up this morning and I decided that I was going to pray, that was a grace that allowed me to do that. When I decided that I was going to have mass this morning, that was a grace. Uh, if I decided to do something loving for somebody today, that's a grace. Now, so, those so, graces are coming to me, and I'm responding to them. So God's speaking to you and telling you, you need to pray, you need to go to mass, you're hearing him? How does that work? Sure. So that's, that's, that's one of the beautiful things about grace, is as you grow in a life of virtue and a life of holiness— these moments of inspiration of these things I need to do well, I need to do good, I need to pray today, uh, they become more integrated into who you are as right. a person. So right. it's not going to be, uh, I'm not waiting for the text message from God today saying, you know, <laughs> what, what's my to-do list? But <laughs> That'd be awesome! <laughs> but the fact is, is that I could have gotten up this morning and said, you know what, I'm not going to pray. Mm-hmm. And I could have done that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and the only reason why I did decide to pray is because I chose to, but also 
because God was giving me grace. Right. And, and we have to acknowledge that. So he, it, uh, the primacy of grace, some people call mm-hmm. it. God God is always the initiator. He's the one who picks up the phone, if you will, to make the call. Mm-hmm. Brother Tyler, pray. And 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 you you didn't hear him, I'm presuming. Mm-hmm. You right. didn't literally hear him. And it, I think oftentimes we don't even, re, at the early stages at least, um, we're not even, re, we, we're not aware. We don't sense grace. We don't smell it. We don't taste it. We don't yeah. hear. We're not even aware that this is actually grace working in, in our, in our souls and our minds and our hearts. Uh, but that is the reality mm-hmm. of what's going on. Everything that we do good in terms of eternal life um, begins because God has given us, called us to mm-hmm. do that thing through his grace. That's exactly right. Yeah. So back to your original question of what does it mean to be predestined for something? It means that if God has predestined me for heaven, it means that God is going to give me all the grace that I need to reach that goal. Because if he didn't give me the grace that I need it, I wouldn't be able to reach it. So let's just get something clear right off the bat. On my own, it would be impossible for me to go to heaven. Right. And that's the truth for every single person. That's why we needed Jesus to come and die for us, because yep. heaven is an impossible goal. However, with grace... It is possible. Right. Now, grace means free. It's something that you know, if you have a grace period, you get this period of, of freedom, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. So uh, there's, it's a gift. It's a free gift that's given to me, which means that there's nothing that I can do to make it happen. Uh, grace is always something received. So we receive this gift, um, but then we, as you said, we do cooperate with it. So we right. can grow in it once it's been given to us, right? Absolutely. And that that would be, you know, one area where we might where another area would be separated from a Calvinist understanding of predestination is that Catholics always hold on very strongly to free will. Right. So just imagine like holding two things in your hands. One is grace, one is free will, and they're both there. So as I'm receiving grace, as I'm growing as a person, in my own freedom I get to respond to that, and I get to enter into this dialogue with God as he's giving me grace, and I'm responding with my own freedom. It's not just like I'm a robot or like a, like a Muppet and God is moving the strings. Uh, God is giving me the grace I need, but it's really me praying. I prayed this morning. It wasn't just like the robot Tyler that prayed. It was me and my freedom <laughs> that decided to pray Our this Our Father, morning. who art in heaven, hallowed <laughs> <I> be. <laughs> so, and that gets, like, another question when people hear predestined for heaven. So, you just give me idea you get to sit back and enjoy the ride and doesn't matter what I do because I've been right. predestined for heaven. That's not no. the proper understanding of heaven, uh, predestination. Right. So, w- again, with any gift that you receive, uh, you have to use the gift. If you don't use the gift, if I gave Dr. Chris a toaster, but he didn't open the box, you know, and said, well, I can't make toast. What'd you do? I was like, well, you didn't, you didn't use the gift I gave you. Of course not. You know, so if the Lord has given me grace to, to reach my salvation, but I'm not using the gift, I'm not responding to the gift. And that's, that's another way to say that is I'm living life of holiness. Right. Uh, then it's the, the gift's not going to do me any good. Okay. Okay. So, so I think what you've said here already is helpful because again, I think if, if people have an idea of predestination, they usually have an idea of predestination <laughs> like like it's like it's a, a a bad thing yes uh and, and we're gonna pivot here to talk in a minute about how and for you um in fact it was a a, 
a, a beautiful, you came to see it as a beautiful life giving thing. But just to, before we, we, we go there, anything else with it in terms of understanding what predestination is that you think would be good for our listeners to know and understand? I would say this, God is both mercy and God is both justice. And I'll talk about that more when I kind of share my own testimony of coming to understand predestination. But I think it's just important to understand that everything that we're talking about is in the context of the God who loves us. So that's why predestination, and when you hear it, you don't need to be afraid of it because the same God that created you is the God who is going to predestine you. Okay, great. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, and Father Tyler Matson is with me today, and we're talking about predestination, what it is and what is it. And now we're going to talk a little bit about about why it matters, what difference it can make in our lives. And you just talked about giving your testimony, if you will. So sure. yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to hear now, Father, what's your testimony about the difference that this dog, dogma, this biblical truth of predestination has meant in your own life? So the first thing I want to say is my personality is that I'm, I'm a pretty strong melancholic. So for those of you who who don't know what that means, basically it means, you know, if you ever seen Winnie the Pooh, I would I would I would err on the side of Eeyore. So <laughs> okay. that would that would be my tendency. Now, gotcha. which means which means just naturally in my personality, I can struggle with hope. I can have a hard time thinking that like there's good things in store for me because you know you can just kind of tend towards depression and that sort of thing. So that's just to say that. You know, maybe when you first heard about predestination, you say, well, it doesn't sound very hopeful. Right. Uh, but here, here's the thing. When I, when I encountered predestination, I sort of had this realization, this light bulb moment, that, like we said before, grace is a free gift. And I recognize that there's nothing that I can do to, like, earn that gift. Mm. I mean, you know, I can't, I can't, like, work for it or, like, perform for it. Uh, I can open myself to it. But at the end of the day, I can only receive the gift if God gives it, right? Because Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. But then here's what I discovered, too, from Scripture. St. Paul tells us that God desires that all people be saved. First Timothy. First Timothy, yeah. All people will be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That's what God wants, okay? If we don't believe that, you know, go, go find a crucifix and, and look at Jesus on the cross. God did that because he desires all people people to be saved. Guess what? That's me. That's Dr. Chris. That's you. He desires you to be saved. Okay. We can't be saved without God's free gift. The same God that wants to give me this gift, the same God that sent Jesus Christ to die for me, we call that God Father. God is a good Father who loves us, who cares for us, who wants what's best for us. Okay, so in the midst of that, I'm a melancholic. I can struggle with hope. I can wonder, is there, are there good things in store for me? I just have to look at God who sent his son to die for me. And I can say, yes, God has good things in store for mm. me. God created me to live with him forever. God made me a son when I was baptized as a Christian. So I look at predestination and say, I can only get to heaven if God helps me, 
Well, that's incredible because I have the most helpful God in the, you know, that, 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 the God is the God who wanted to help me so much that he, that he sent his only son to die for me. So how did you, so I, you, you had this awareness. So let, let me back up a little bit in terms of the chronology here. When did you first, um, in a real, like substantial way, run into this idea of predestination as, as the church understands it? So it was in it was in major seminary. Okay. So I was I was studying theology. So we actually just were learning about the dogma of predestination in in class. And actually, I I had the thought that maybe some of you did, which was I didn't know Catholics believe this. You right. know, I I had been in seminary for probably five years before I knew that predestination was even a thing. Right. And honestly, it was a struggle at first. You know, like how how can God predestined some for heaven and then no others are going to hell. How could God create somebody knowing that they're going to go to hell? You know, how, how is that? How is God good? How is God just? Uh, I thought God was merciful. So, so these are things that I was struggling with and my classmates were struggling with, you know, and the professor was doing the best that he could to try to make it understandable for us. Not just us, you know, there have been saints who, when they've learned about predestination, have had crises and had uh saint francis de sales is one of them he he learned about predestination and and he was sure that uh that he was going to go to hell uh he but saint francis de sales worked through it saint francis de sales realized that god had given him a mother and and mary and he made an act of hope and he said kind of like kind of like my experience in some way that that god loves me god is a god who calls himself love uh, which means that this God who is love created me, then I can have confidence that that He is that He is going to give me all the grace I need to go to heaven. So I don't need to live in this constant fear that maybe I'm going to go to hell. I think um, part of where we can sort of get ourselves, at least mentally, if not affectively, emotionally, and or spiritually tied up into knots, worked up, if you is when we try to universalize this. And so, what does this mean about? everybody mm-hmm. um when we individualize there still can be as you just described for yourself for saint francis de sales there can still be that 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 tension that struggle but mm-hmm. when you look at it personally and through the lens that you've just described of a loving father who gives me everything that i need to go to heaven it really is then what i'm hearing you say here is it really is a consolation a gift yes. uh to know that this is something that's true to know that this doc, this doctrine, this dogma um, is part of God's teaching for us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, just imagine that it's, it's Christmas time and you know, you, you really need new socks because all of yours have holes in them, but you also recognize that guess what? I have loving parents. I have parents who love me and they know I need socks. You know what I mean? So you're not going to go into Christmas afraid. You're going to go into right. Christmas hopeful because you're right. like, I'm finally going to get what I need. And I think that's our disposition be- before God the Father. Uh, and honestly, I think that when God the Father sees that confidence, uh, you know, you're, you're a parent, uh, Dr. Chris. So, I mean, you probably know what this is like more than I do. But just to see just a, a child's confidence in you that you're going to provide what they need, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it, even, it even sort of pushes your heart to even want to give more to that person. Amen. 
Amen. Okay, so you, uh, sort of back to your own personal timeline with this, you're in major seminary, so you've, you've gone through college, you've learned philosophy, mm-hmm. now you're going into theology. You you hear about this this Catholic teaching mm-hmm. based on scripture of of predestination, and you have, and you, as you mentioned, your classmates as well, um, sort of struggling to understand this. Was it with? Was it within like the, those few months of that semester that you saw this? Not so much as uh, a puzzle or or, or like uh, what's going on with this, mm-hmm. um, but instead as a gift. Was it within that semester? Or did it take you longer to sort of work through? I think within that semester, the first sort of rays of light were opening up. You know, I, I had a conversation with a classmate of mine. Where, where God was doing something similar in both of us, where we kind of just one day realized, oh, wait a minute, I don't think, I'm not struggling with this anymore. I don't understand this, but I'm not like fighting against it like maybe I was at first. And then over time, as I've thought more about it, prayed more about it, and in large part, thanks to a doctor of the church named St. Therese Lassoux, who who I think is is the saint of hope, uh, that's when it opened up more and more to me. And as I had more experiences of God's love for me, more experiences of, of God the Father and, and, and who he is and, and what he does for me in my personal life, then connecting that back to predestination, I'm like, I'm so grateful for predestination. Because like I told you at the, at the start, it's impossible for me to get to heaven on my own. Right. And if if I thought that... It was up to me to do that, totally up to me, only in my own powers and my own. Then then I would despair. Right. Then I would give up. Then I'd say, well, great, that's impossible. But because of predestination, this is what the church teaches and, and, and it's found in Scripture, because of that, I realized, oh, it's not all up to me. It's not just am I strong enough, am I good enough, am I whatever enough. It's God the Father is enough and Jesus Christ is enough. And, uh, and that's been a process. But I would say initially in that semester— Really, just by grace of the Holy Spirit and and through a good teacher, those first first rays of light were shining through. So, somebody's listening to this um, this episode, Father, and they're maybe they're they're wondering, "Am I predestined? Hmm. What would you say to heaven? Am I predestined to heaven?" What, what, and and almost like we tried to get in my tone there with with a a, a, a bit of a, a note of a note of worth wor, worry. Like mm-hmm. a, a fear that right. I'm not predestined to heaven, that the Father hasn't chosen me right. for heaven. What would you say to that? Sure. You know, the, the teaching of the church is that nobody can know for sure, like without a shadow of doubt, that they're predestined unless God tells you. So, right. so God, okay. God, you know, God probably already told Dr. Chris, he's a very holy man. He probably told him <laughs> already, you know, that you're predestined. <laughs> no. But for most of us, for most of us, we, 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 we can't, we don't know that for sure. Now. So you don't know for sure that you're predestined for heaven. Right. Okay. Right. Now, and I can understand why that would engender fear in somebody or, or worry or concern, because we like to know for sure, you yep, know? Yep. Uh, but here's what, here's what I would tell that person. It, would, it goes back to my own experience. I would say, okay, you don't know for sure that you're predestined, but let's just say this person's probably a Catholic. Okay, yep. And yep. I would say, so you're baptized. And they say, yeah. I mean, so I say, so God the Father, again, you couldn't receive that grace without God giving it to you. Amen. So God gave you the grace of sonship. God gave you faith, hope, and love. Uh, you know, you're going to mass. Uh, you know, you you go to confession. So so you're getting grace to frequent the sacraments. Uh, you know, I, I know you. You're 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 trying to live a good life. I'd say all these things are signs that God is with you 
and God is working through you. You know, you can point to somebody who maybe has a great love for Mary, and I'd say that's another sign that God is working through you, that God is that God is with you. Now, can you know for sure? No. But again, it comes down to confidence. You know, the 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 kids on Christmas morning might not know for sure that there's socks under the tree. Uh, but for for the for the person who has hope, who has confidence, um, that's not so much of a concern because they're not so much worried about what's under the tree. They're more worried about the person who's going to give it to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's the father. So I would say, you know, God's giving you so many gifts up to this point. You shouldn't live with this worry or this fear that God's not going to give you the the main gift. And I, and too, as you're talking, there's thinking of a passage that we've already referenced from first Timothy chapter three, where St. Paul writes in scripture that God desires the salvation of all people. Mm-hmm. He desires that all people be saved. So, right. so it doesn't say Paul didn't write to Timothy. God desires the salvation of, of a, of a, a small percentage, a tiny number. God desires um, that only a few go to heaven. No, he, he mm-hmm. desires that all of us be saved. And I think that also um, might be helpful for people to keep in mind. Yes. And just to realize too, with that, that at every single moment of every single day, including right now, God is striving and working to love you. God is striving and working to make sure that you can go to heaven. Uh, That's true for you. That's true for every single person on this planet. So, uh, especially for the person who's baptized. So I, I want you to say that that's true for everybody, everybody listening, you listening right now, for you, for everybody else, whoever has lived, ever will live, God is working for their your salvation and their salvation. Yeah, right now, right now, at this very moment. And, 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 and what a great gift that is to know that we have a God who is pursuing us. Uh, and, and, that's, and that's part of the thing of like, if, if, if I end up in hell— Guess what? It's because when God was pursuing me, I was running the other direction. Right. Uh, and because uh, because a father a father is just not gonna pursue somebody uh, who's who's um and not and not and not reach them. You know what I mean? So like that's yeah. That's that, that's that's the he's great always confidence. seeking after yes. us. Even even if we are running away, he's always running towards us. But if we say at the end of our lives definitively, no, mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with you, then right. he will respect as as much as he doesn't want to in a sense he will respect our freedom and the decision and he will uh leave us apart from him for eternity which is what hell is right because so, he loves us and he, and so if you love somebody uh you're going to allow them to have their choice and god's going to give us what we want at the end him right. him or him, him or not so so anybody who's in hell they, they won't be surprised right. um it's their own decision not god's lack of love for them Exactly, and honestly, just one last thing: if you're if you're honestly afraid, uh, you know, do I love God? Am I going to go to heaven? That's probably a pretty good indication <laughs> yes, that you love you, God yeah. a lot. Amen. Because most people don't have that same fear. Amen. So, Father, we just have a little bit of time left. Uh, any recommended reading, and there may not be, but mm-hmm. I've been asking this before. But is is there any resource that for the average person, the average listener, the average Catholic that they could turn to to learn more? Sure, I'd say if you want just a quick like, what does the Church teach on this? Uh, go open up your catechism in the Catholic Church. Uh, you can look up predestination. So there is a section in the catechism on predestination, and that is, this might be a good jumping-off place. Great, yeah. So I, I thank you, Father, for for sharing not just the, te- the church's teaching, but also your own story, your own struggles with this. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a priest, so right. I think it's good for people to understand this is something that that we all struggle with in some way or the other. So thanks for being with us, Father. Yeah, thank you. 
And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet at us at sfdiocese and use the hashtag ignition with any, with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.